three, two, one. Welcome to System of Soul. Chris White and Benj Miller with you today. And uh, we've got a tag team. This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, we've got Adrian Covedo and Katerina McNally from Neurologics in Orlando. Um, and I met these guys through another guest of System and Soul, and that was Dr. Don Wood. I'm not even going to begin to try to explain <laughs> exactly what you guys do, but but I know you help business owners and executives and leaders. Tell us how you help them. So first of all, thank you for having us. We really appreciate the time. Um, yeah, we we we've had the opportunity to help business owners by using brain mapping and neurofeedback, which is taking a look at the brain essentially at the core, and that core is what are the brain waves that are being produced in many different areas of the brain, which can include frontal areas that help us make decisions, occipital areas that help us process visual information. And I mean, we're looking at many, many networks in the brain that, that are, are used in business because we got to maintain the ability to stay focused, relaxed, calm, uh, how we take our frustration and stress, leave it at leaving, being able to leave it at work and not taking it home. So being, being right. better, being better spouses, uh, being better, better parents, you know, things like that, which is important. If you're a business person, you have a family, likely if you don't, regardless of that, you know, being able to maintain your stress levels at low levels in social environments, learning environments, but and more importantly, you know, being able to stay better folks in the boardroom. And so that's the that's the brain mapping and neurofeedback, and there's two parts of that that are are, are explainable, and just we can definitely talk about those areas. I imagine I imagine you're really busy <laughs> during the past eighteen months. It's been uh, it's been interesting. Our 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 business really uh, we developed a, a model that allows us to uh, not necessarily be in the clinic, but we actually are able to function in an in-home setting as well. So. We are essentially Orlando's only really more than mobile, but really a, a business wrapped around actually being able to help families and individuals and our and our our partners too that we work with outside of of our office. Um, you know, we've we've had a lot of success there, and that allows us to definitely help a lot more people. And we're growing with partnerships with different providers. Doctor Wood is a good friend of ours, and you know, I think that in, implementing this specifically in the business really unwraps our true potentials in the boardroom in 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 any profession regardless of what that profession is it's yeah. just a good way to get you in the present moment to focus on what's happening now and not really being able to be bothered by the things that swirl around our mind that negative self-talk and that's that self self-serving bias that that we're not good enough and we're never going to get there and, and there's a ceiling we can't get to it things like that that's negative self-talk yeah, yeah. So walk yeah. us through the process. Like yeah. we show up at your door, you show up at our door. Like what, what is the process? I'll let Katarina explain that. She's our operations person. So she handles that every day. So I'll let her take that one. All right. So the first initial step is, that we have to do is get a brain map done, which Chris, you know all about that. Yes, <laughs> I do. So, you want to use me as the, the, the subject topic for the rest of this podcast? <laughs> that might be too much dysfunction. Do <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> so the brain map is where we 
uh, put a cap on your head, which has 19 different sensors. It's a uh, material of sort of like a swim cap and that's placed on your uh, scalp. And then we inject uh, some gel into it. And then we hook you up to our system and we basically are reading your brain waves the way that you, you know, operate, how you function, um, both eyes closed and eyes open. So that's yeah. our first step. Yeah. So that really just kind of gets us the surface, right? We're recording the brain waves. The brain waves have specific firing sequences in every part of the brain. And we're mapping 19 of those areas at one time simultaneously. Yeah. And that allows us to take a hundred thousand snapshots of the brain with the amplifiers that we use, which are clinical grade amplifiers also used in hospitals, but they're really fast. So they take anywhere, like we use one for clinical purposes. It takes 256 samples per second, which is snapshots. It's a lot of data because we're looking at each sensor we look at, we're looking at roughly around 256 different variables times 19 areas that we're mapping. So you can see the amount of data we get from that. And once we have that, that data, we run it through our database system, which was developed by Dr. Richard Suter out of Atlanta, Georgia with NewMind. Um, Dr. Suter is a, a, a very close personal lifelong friend of mine that uh, I say lifelong because he's been my mentor for over 18 years um, as, a, as a neurofeedback provider. And this database has over a million people in it. And it's the largest QEEG database that, that I'm aware of. And that's, it's a pretty, pretty big sample size. So it makes the database very accurate. The brain waves recorded run through the database. It gives us a report that tells us specific to this individual, these networks, your memory networks, your attention networks, your emotional networks, um, your basic processing networks, math, visual, different types of memory. Memory, we actually process at a really uh, deep level where we look at memory in general, but then we look at sequential, procedural, episodic, verbal memory, auditory memory. I mean, it's scattered all throughout the brain and all those things have to be firing pretty good to be pretty focused because you got to take in new information, you got to decode it, and then you got to decide what to do with that information. And if those sequences and those frequencies aren't balanced for those areas and those networks that are doing those things, we're not going to get a good outcome. And that's what we're really good at mapping is finding out which area specific to each individual is the area that, or the areas that have the highest statistical abnormality. And that's our report. So we go through that with clients. And then the next step is the neurofeedback. So I'll let Katarina explain the, the neurofeedback setup and process. Okay. Or any, any questions about that yeah. part? Sorry. I have a hundred <laughs> questions about that. Okay. Yes. Before we keep going. So how, how long is the swim cap on my head? It depends if you can sit still or not. Can you sit still? I, I did pretty good. <laughs> I can sit still. You did pretty good. You did pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, typically we, what we need is one minute of clean data where you're able, where you're sitting still, where we can, you know. Make sure that there isn't a lot of the artifact, artifact yeah. which is kind of like muscle tension, eye blinking, scrunching, yeah. okay. mm -hmm. face, neck, shoulder, muscle activity. And it's, it's that. It's that sensitive of, of equipment that if you even flinch, we can see the spikes from the muscles that are close enough to the sensors because right. muscle tension produces 50 to 100 times more power than an EEG signal. So we can see it very easily and we don't want that data because it's basically noise. It's like a, it, right. it's like, it's like a, a really poorly tuned instrument in the middle of a symphony, right? It, it, just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, so we try to edit that out. And then once we have that, that data, which is like a Katarina, Katarina said, it's, it's, uh, it's, 
it's 60 seconds, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I tell people all the time that I use a lot of car analogies. And the analogy I tell people is this is an evaluation of the car, not the driver. So we just need to see what the systems are doing at rest. If they're okay at rest, then we open your eyes and we test it again with your eyes open. When you're bringing in more information through the eyes and we see if the brain speeds up or slows down in specific areas. And that tells us how much workload we're adding to our day visually if those areas of the brain un unbalance and, and, and don't function well. So, I mean, it, it's so detailed. Hey, podcast listeners, Chris White here. I want to challenge you with something today. Now, this might sting a little bit. You ready? All right, here it is. Are you limiting your capacity as a leader? We know you're experienced in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and leadership development. We know you're smart, intentional, business-savvy folks. But are you playing too small? One of the greatest steps you can take after years of leading a company or organization is to become a coach for other businesses. I've been a business coach for over 20 years after a 20 year corporate career. And I'm here to tell you, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It is the most rewarding and gratifying thing that I have ever done in my career. And this is also why Benj Miller and I created System and Soul. We're training coaches right now to help small businesses everywhere experience breakthrough in both the system and the soul side of their business. If you're ready to expand your capacity and create impact like never before, then let's go. Get on my calendar, let's book a call, and I'm happy to introduce you to System and Soul. For more information, visit systemandsoul.com forward slash coach and set up your phone call today. Are those two separate recordings for one minute, one with eyes open and one yep. with eyes shut, right? Yeah, the database is split right down the middle. So we, we the, the gold standard is really eyes closed. So and a lot of research in hospitals, a lot of research in, in the, all the brain mapping and neurofeedback studies, we're, we're clinicians, we're not researchers, right? So we, we follow the data very closely. Working with Dr. Suter is the latest data that's out in the neurofeedback community because his database system is spot on. I, I would say it's been maybe four years since someone has said this that one part of this brain map or it didn't make sense overall like it wasn't describing me i mean how did you feel when we went through your brain map did you feel like we nailed you or we missed the mark uh no i thought it was i thought it was very accurate so what right. did you learn how from you that guys explain it to me like because there was a lot there a lot of data it's but a lot it, of information right it, it was easy to understand the the way you guys reported and explained it but what was it what did they tell you chris Oh man, I've got issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we, we don't, we don't need to stand for that, right? You, you owe money to fry our amplifier with that, with that awesome brain of yours. <laughs> so the, so I don't have it in front of me, but but the the one thing that I remember when when we were done and 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 you guys were getting the data and explaining things to me, because um, we had we did mind mapping very early when we were starting system and soul and so if you guys remember i had a lot of red and adrian you like you 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 asked me a question and i was just like oh shit how do you know like how do you know to ask <laughs> well, back pain. remember your your back pain at the time yeah, yeah. that's right i had a, i have a bulging disc and you you like asked me if i had a back problem. I'm like, how do you get that from reading wow. a picture of my brain? 
So, so think of it as, I mean, the, the, when we do conferences for neurologists and for, you know, people in, in school psychology and whatnot, the first thing we tell them is that because this information has been mapped since the 1960s and 70s, the database has become very robust because every person that's run through a database system, there's a, a group that's a control group. And this is a group of people that have been tested for psychological test batteries, like the WISC, the WACE, the MMPI, the Pulse Air Raytan, Lori, Nebraska. These are all very well-known psychological test batteries. And we have people that are part of that portion of the database. So when we run you through a database system, we take your information, whatever plus or minus six months from the, your date of birth, that's the group of people that we're comparing you to. And it is between male and female. So we don't we only compare males to males, females to females. Um, that data is then returned back with what we call standard deviations, which those, those are measurements of how far away are you from normal, plus or minus, right? So this database system is set up just for that. How far away are you from the statistical norm, quote unquote norm, for people that are very high scoring, high testing individuals that have really good looking brain maps. So we take that information, then we take it through the part of the database that runs it through the clinical population, which is everyone. Yeah. We're talking about anyone your age group that has any psychological condition, any type of physical condition, anything. We're throwing everybody, we're throwing the general population. So we have our research population and our general population. And that's all part of why we get such accurate information from these reports yeah. because it's so specific, man. It's 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 crazy to watch. I mean, we I've been doing this for 24 years and it never gets boring because you never get this brain is so dynamic. It just, it changes, has the ability to change too, which is what the neurofeedback's about. You guys were telling me um, when we met, when we actually did my mapping, that you had recently um, went to a, a, a company's offsite and you mapped all the executives. Um, can you kind of, so kind of tell us like, like for all of our listeners out there, like who are, are like, okay, what is going on here? What is all this? Um, <laughs> tell us about that experience with the executives. What, why did they do it? What were they looking to improve? And then what were the results? Right. So we, we mapped a, a, a pretty, pretty big uh, company, uh, a U.S. based company that does pretty well for themselves. We'll say that. Uh, but we took their 15 to 20 top executives and we brought them and they came down. Uh, we did these brain maps on them and then run them through a series of neurofeedback training protocols. And when they returned back um, to the remapping portion, they had had like changes that I think translated to about an 18% difference across the board in one quarter in productivity, which is a big number for these guys, obviously, because this is, this is productivity, 18% yeah. across the board. And this is, they all participated in it. They all reported back the same thing, that they were, they went from dealing with stresses in ways that were counterproductive at, at home and at work, and then being able to process and become present and be able to stay focused and to have that, that zone in place. Athletes call it the zone. I, I call it the corporate zone. It's the same thing. I mean, we have, we have the ability to be focused at work, to maintain concentration and focus are two different things our ability to sustain attention, to select attention, then to not have our nervous system overactivate from stress, which is the part that we address on the chemical side of the brain, which is our, our neurotransmitter testing, because you can't separate the two. The brain is an electrochemical organ. So as part of our process, we do the brain mapping, which is electrical mapping part of the brain. 
And then we do a neurotransmitter test that gives us the ability to see what's going on chemically as well. Um, I, you, you didn't go through that part uh, right. yet. We had, I don't know if we discussed it or not, but, but then from there, we designed our protocol, which is, are we essentially doing neurofeedback training? And that's what these guys did. And they went through that neurofeedback training. And they, I mean, again, it's, it's a simple number, 18% productivity increase across the board in all departments, because we're not, we, we're talking their top level C executive level guys that went right. back to those departments and implemented big changes because managing employees, managing staff, managing workload, managing supply chain, managing, I mean, you name it, all requires high level detail processing. And if you make mistakes, you know, that we don't want to make mistakes at work. <laughs> Especially, especially at the higher levels, right? In all levels. I mean, basic from sure. from from management all the way through ownership. I mean, we we work with the, we work with a lot of business owners too, not just the employees and staff from these corporations. So, it's a it's a pretty encompassing all all encompassing program that we've been developing for quite a long time. Katarina and I've been developing this neurologics program for just this neurologics program for the last six years alone to yeah. get to here. So it's been it's been an amazing journey. So what's the, I get the benchmarking, the before and after, what happened in between that actually yielded that 18% increase? Yeah, that's the neurofeedback process. So um, neurofeedback, I'll let Katarina explain a neurofeedback session. So from the time you come in through the training and, and we'll cover, you know, what, what, what that does. Okay. So after you do the brain map and we do the report where we discuss everything that's going on and then we make our recommendations, whether we think you are a candidate for neurofeedback. If we do decide that you are a candidate for neurofeedback, then you would come into an office setting or like Adrian had mentioned, we do have an in-home more mobile option for people where you, we would, we would discuss what protocols we'd want you to do. Uh, based off your report mm -hmm. and basically it's super simple you sit in front of a tv screen you pick your show that you want to watch um and uh we put the electrodes on your head or we train you on how to put the electrodes on your head yourself if you're doing mobile option and then you place you, you know you start the show we place a screen over the show which is like a dimming type of screen yeah. so um if you if your brain is in the patterns that we want to see if you're showing you know the movement that we want to see in the right direction based off of the protocols we've designed then you get to see the show your the, your screen is lit it's bright you're able to see the show once your brain moves out of those patterns back to those negative patterns that you had before uh you get a dark screen. So you're not able to see the show. So over time, your brain learns that, oh, I want this reward. I want to be able to see the show. I want to be able to watch the show. So I'm going to produce the patterns. So the brain learns. It, yeah. learns, it learns what patterns get it rewarded and what patterns get yeah. it a dark screen. Yeah. And that's pretty cool because it's literally a brain-computer interface. You're communicating with the software on the computer saying, these are the patterns I know you want me to produce that are focused patterns. If I do that, will you reward me with a bright screen? The answer is always yes. We do that on an 80% reward rate, which means that we're always dangling a carrot in front of you because if you reach 100% brightness, the brain figured it out, game over. If it's too hard, we get extinction, which the brain just gives up and doesn't try. So 80%, most, most clinical people are doing 70, 80% reward rates. And that's, that's enough to keep the brain in tune and say, nope, I want the bright screen. And it's all subconscious because yeah. you are just watching the show. 
the brain subconsciously is doing this. And we get a lot of questions of, well, how does that work? Well, you're sitting upright, uh, you're, you're, you're swallowing, you're blinking, your heart's beating, your brain processes that. It uses slow frequencies to do very basic things. So we know that by producing a brighter dark screen, depending on where we place the sensors, our goal is to get the brain to move, kind of like a locking key combination. If you do this, then that, you'll learn this. You'll learn focus, you'll learn to be relaxed, you'll learn to be calm, you'll learn how to process your mood, you'll learn to be really aware because we know what frequencies the brain has to be in to do that. And all we're doing is guiding the brain and saying, go there and screen brightens up. Don't go there, fine, screen's gonna get dark. But we never darken the screen 100% because then, then people get irritated. So it's, it's translucent, it gets brighter and darker by percentage as well too. So it's, yeah. it's all set up to just basically entice the brain to connect with the software and, and work together to produce an outcome, which is a bright screen so I can watch the show. And that's how neurofeedback works in a nutshell. Yeah. So we're dogs and the TV is Pavlov's dog's snacks. Exactly. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. You're, 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 you almost landed the plane. That's yeah. classical condition, which is awesome. Cause that's really getting a, a, a doorbell ringing triggers. I'm going to get food, right? right. That, that's Pavlov. And that's, that's that uh, classical conditioning. Operant conditioning, which is what really neurofeedback is. It takes it a step further. It says not only will you get rewarded for the right pattern, which is a reward, but we're also going to punish you. If you get the if you get the pattern wrong, we're going to darken the screen, and that's your punishment. So you're pairing stimulus and response to control stimulus and control response. So it's a whole, you know, so it's it's psychological experiments are done in a lot of a lot of this, which is operant conditioning, and there's tons of I, I, if the Skinner box is one that people remember really well, um, but. You know, so that's how literally that's how the brain's trained. Going back to the car analogy, I tell people more than more than enough. They ask, like, how does the brain figure this out? And the answer is the same as what you do when you get in your car every day. You drive off without buckling your seatbelt. What does the car do? Things. It things at you. So you've been programmed by the car company. If you buckle your seatbelt before you turn the ignition, no sound. So you've learned how to avoid that sound by producing a behavior. That's neurofeedback 101. So if my screen starts going dark, like consciously, what do I do? Refocus? Not necessarily. In, in some parts of the brain, yes, because some parts of the brain are more designed for focus. Other parts of the brain, like the back of the brain and the parietal regions, have very deep connections to really deep parts of the brain but not so much like the areas that we're aware of. So our awareness really is our frontal lobe, which is frontal prefrontal cortex. That's where our personalities come from. That's where our decision-making comes from, our motivation, our ability to regulate our behaviors. That all comes from there. The further back you go, that's more like program. So visual is your seeing. Your temporal is your language and speech processing, your math comprehension, different memory circuits. Parietal areas are involved with visualization. So the pathway you see it goes from visual back of the brain to parietal, which is processing visual information, but you're also next to the temporal areas, which process audio and auditory information. So that's all the programming processing part. The front of the brain really in pathways that are that go from front to back. So there's ventral and dorsal routes or the dorsal, dorsal ventral routes in the brain that are highways that the brain uses to share, communicate information throughout the entire cortex. And they're known as, the, it's known as the default mode, which is there's seven different hubs that the brain that we've mapped that are really hotspots for activity that send and receive information between these hubs. Then that information is processed in what's called the salience network, which is your awareness. Hearing, smelling, taste, touch, sound, those are all senses. 
So you've got your very basic part, your sensing processing or sensing area, and then you've got the executive networks, which decide what to do with that information. So it all percolates both up and down through different layers, but it also translates to communication using the brainwaves because the brainwaves really are the, the brain's communication internet, right? So if we're trying to communicate with these areas. When we map them, we can see these networks, how they're interacting and be able to determine is this network involved with focus and attention or math comprehension or sustained attention or visual processing or audio processing and all those things in a corporate boardroom, gotta have all those things firing. So we can map all that and then provide the neurofeedback training to correct it. And then it's a learned behavior. You take it, it's like going to the gym, you train at the gym, you go out and you compete, right? So that's what we're doing. Neurofeedback is the gym for the brain and your experience out in the real world, you know, that's the main event. Do, do, now, when executives go through this relearning, do we come back in 12 months? Yeah. How long are they sit? How long was that test, the 18% uh, productivity? How much time yeah. did they spend in front of a screen? So, the goal was to get to roughly about 30 sessions, right? That's what most of the literature and research supports. It's not the magic number. There's a lot of misconception that you have to do 30. A lot of the studies went around 30 because they showed better results, diminishing gains. Like you can train the brain uh, to the point where it's not going to train anymore. You know, we, we, we do see that, but typically we've reached that level because we balance the brain. So being able to get that information and through the neurofeedback process really, really gives us an advantage. So you can yeah. finally tune the Honda, but you can't turn the Honda into a Ferrari. Ah, so now you're going back to the car analogy, right? <laughs> so if you took my truck and I went around the international speedway here at Daytona, uh, and I got out of the truck and here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he drives that sucker. We're going to shave down some lap times, but it's the same car. So our evaluation is more of the car, not the driver. There's also the human element, which is, you know, how, how much do you know that this is a bad decision and choose to do it anyway? Now we're talking about behavior, right? Neurofeedback cannot necessarily change your thinking. It's not like mind. It's, you're not uh, erasing somebody's mind and dropping in a new hard drive. We're just making the areas of the brain that are currently not performing well, encouraging them to perform well and rewarding them for doing that, which then allows them to translate it out to work. Yeah. It's like, it's like the gap on the spark plugs. It's the cylinders, right? Big it's, time. It's maintenance. Correct. Yeah. Yep. It is. And what's great about it is that um, there's a lot of literature and research, and we'll provide links to the ISNRs, yeah. which is the ultimate resource uh, to neurofeedback studies because it, it's an archive that was developed out of the University of Utah School of Medicine uh, and Dr. Uh, Corey Hammond. Um, but he's developed and, and has maintained a bibliography of everything on neurofeedback. If you go to the ISNR's website, you can click on the condition, ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, epilepsy, seizure disorder, performance, uh, peak performance, mm -hmm. uh, corporate performance. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many studies out on it. Uh, Remember, this has been around since the 60s. So yeah. a lot of data. And what's great is that now it's finally hitting the mainstream and you have different big uh, organizations giving it a nod, which is fantastic because it really is an alternative to, I'm, I'm going on record to say I don't hate medications. Um, however, there are, things that neurofeedback can do prior to someone going down that medicine route that can do a lot of the same thing because this is, again, we're teaching the brain new behaviors. And these are things that um, are also evaluated and assessed with our neurotransmitter testing because we look at the chemicals. So we don't dismiss the chemicals. 
so we get we get that information and then we're able to look at the brain again electrochemically. So it's a, it's a pretty good advantage on our part. So all this is super cool. Here's here's my maybe two questions you guys can answer as we wrap up. One is how do people engage with you if this is interesting, something they want to embark on the journey? How do they connect with you? Can they do that if they're not in Orlando? Uh, mm-hmm. That's part of that question. And and a second question is what are, are are there any things that we can do at home, you know, at work that you know, maybe it's baby steps compared to what we can do with the electrodes and the swim cap and the TV, but are there things that we can do for that, uh, that, that start to show improvement on our own? So the answer is, is twofold. Yes. And no. Okay. The, the no part is really because neurofeedback as, as a, as a way to correct underlying imbalances works very specifically in that realm. So people talk about binary beats or meditation or mindfulness and things like that. And all those things are phenomenal things to do. However, if your brain can't process that information correctly, then there's an inefficiency. So I might really be very mindful of what I'm thinking, but the thinking is still negative self-talk, negative self-talk, you know, repetitious, putting yourself down, self-deprecation. Those things are things that can become very dominant. And so by being able to do specifically neurofeedback, you can eliminate the brain's processing problems with that information. As far as doing things at home that are similar to it, I think the only thing I, I really am a big fan of would be something like heart rate variability. It's very simple to do. Uh, there's the HeartMath Institute. So you can go to heartmath.com, I believe, and they have uh, these little sensors that grab onto your ear, and it's basically a cardiac monitor. And the premise behind it is that, that whenever you breathe in and out in a slow pattern, it causes what are called coherence waves in the heart rhythm. So coherence is how alike does one look to the other? And so the more you breathe rhythmically, the more these patterns of increasing and decreasing heart rhythms takes place. And there's tons of studies out there that show that it actually is very beneficial. The studies show, if I remember correctly, that it helps improve vasodilation, which is you know lowering blood pressure. It helps with stress. It helps with mindfulness. So But again, that's another essentially biofeedback tool. And really neurofeedback back in the early days was called brainwave biofeedback. But we thought neurofeedback sounded cooler, I guess, (laughs) which it does. So we went with that. Um, But but there's so many biofeedback in general is a readily accepted method and modality for many things. I mean, insurance covers, you can get insurance coverage for biofeedback for multiple things out there. But uh, unfortunately, this is one of those things that is not. So to answer your first question, how do people get a hold of us? Um, our website really has the best resources for contact in the Orlando area. But other than that, the phone number does, does get to us. And we typically do have partnerships with our network because when your mentor has a network, uh, that uses a database that has a million people in it, we can usually find someone to help us in in a specific area. And we have, we have expanded that process. We do have partnerships in Denver. Uh, We have a partnership with an organization in Houston. Shortly, we'll have a partnership with an organization in Costa Rica. So I don't know how far you guys reach is, but <laughs> we're coming to Costa Rica in January. So that, that should be fun. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're going through a growth phase here. And I think that, um, you know, the website really, so neurologics.com, N-E-W-R-O-L-O-G-I-X, um, neurologics.com. And there's multiple phone numbers in there, ways to get a hold of us. And uh, I believe our email contact information is in there as well. Yeah. Super cool. I think everybody is going to be intrigued by that simple case study, 18% uh, 
uh, productivity, right. you know, that's, that's enormous. And I'm, I'm guessing that people have a sense of well being that goes along with that. It's not just cranking oh, more through the system. Yeah. And the, the wonderful thing about what we do too, is that it's not, I mean, the brain's a big part of this too, but we're, we're very, uh, very mindful of both the, uh, the gut relationship to the brain and health and nutrition, but also supplementation, yeah. which our brain map report provides supplement recommendations that we customize to each individual with the partnership that we have with physicians lines of, of, of nutraceuticals. So we use the best of the best stuff for all of our clients and they're, they're not getting anything I wouldn't put into my family's body. So, I mean, we, we have great partnerships. And so, um, you know, we can definitely find someone in the area typically to be able to get the brain mapping done. And the next step is for us to ship out a system uh, go through the online training that we have and then we're rocking and then we get the system shipped back to us at the end of the rental agreement and you know we can remap and see the differences and results and changes and from there really decide what the next step is uh, do we stop neurofeedback do we look at gut testing do we look at neurotransmitter testing so it's not just a one-stop shop you know we, we really want to be mindful of the entire body because that's where our brains are attached it's not a separate thing from our body yeah yeah super cool katarina Adrian, thanks for spending some time with us, System and Soul. I uh, hope you got something out of this. And uh, if you're intrigued, go check out their website and learn more. We'll see you next week. <laughs>